Welcome to episode number 94 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast where we're building a global community around process safety, industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about the use of 3D scanning in processing facilities. To do that, we have on the call Casey Shockey, president of Chief Engineering PLLC, based out of the great, greater Memphis area in Tennessee. Casey, welcome to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm excited to have Casey on to talk about this topic. He has a background and experience in design and project engineering prior to starting Chief Engineering in 2018 down in Memphis. And he reached out to me a number of months ago. We were talking back and forth on some different topics around combustible dust, including metal dust, including processing applications. And he was talking about his modern approach to engineering analysis that he does with Chief Engineering. And in particular, he was talking about how his team uses 3D scanning in these process facilities. So I thought that'd be an interesting topic to have on the podcast again to talk about today. So today's episode, we're going to talk about the benefits of 3D scanning, how it can be integrated into things like facility design, things like hazard assessment, how it can be used in facilities handling combustible dust, and what the process looks like when you're actually doing it in a facility. So Casey, I think a good place to start off on is just, can you give some, some of your background related to industries handling combustible dust? Yes, Chris. I've got about eight years of experience in combustible dust and NFPA uh, experience uh, as it relates to dust collection, process handling systems, pneumatic conveying systems, and things of that nature. I've worked in food, pharmaceutical, wood, paper, plastics, chemicals, metals, all sorts of different industries. And with our company here at Chief, we have basically a combined 15 years of experience in all those industries. And as it relates to, you know, combustible dust and manufacturing environments and system design, project management, all that type of stuff. Great. So in terms of 3D scanning, I know we've talked, you know, behind the scenes on this a little bit, but just why would you even consider using 3D scanning or what are some of the benefits in, in processing facilities? Well, first off, it eliminates all the guesswork. A 3D scan is basically a reality capture device. It's a LiDAR technology that basically sends a little beam and captures millions of points with each rotation. I mean, for a single scan point, you're looking at almost 50 million data points captured with one scan. And typically in any type of manufacturing environment where we're doing work on the engineering front, we almost always require a scan because it just eliminates all the guesswork. Now on top of that, the agility factor once you get into a process facility and you're going down, walking with the customer, we normally have our team out during those walks doing scans of the area as we're collaborating with the customer, understanding their scope and their goals and where they're trying to go with each in particular project. And we use the scans to literally bring that process to life, to really understand what they're trying to get out in the immediate term and in the long term. And by capturing scan data, we literally have a real world representation of their facility or process that's accurate to within a 32nd of an inch. So at a very high level, it eliminates guesswork, allows us to be more accurate and allows us to move in a very agile manner while keeping the customer completely informed in almost real time. So yeah, let's kind of give an example. So if you're if you're coming into a facility to design a hood or to design maybe a dust collection system, would this be something you do right at the start and then use that to walk through with your clients what the design might be? Maybe if you're doing a retrofit, what that would look like. Like wh- where does 
is the scan the first thing you do? Do you do it while you're doing other applications? And can I only be local to one area or do you have to scan the whole facility? Like, I just want to dive into what, what this would look like from a, an owner-operator standpoint. Well, you can go as deep as you want to go. And here at Chief, we typically follow a process of concept, preliminary, final, and construction engineering. Nine times out of 10, that is the process that we follow. So depending on what the customer's needs are, let's say we're doing a dust collection system, right? We need a study, we need a concept on how to fix what we found in our study. So at that study or concept level, we're going to do a scan. I mean, the scans are relatively cheap uh, compared to what the project cost is ultimately going to be. Now, we don't necessarily have to scan the entire plant. But what we do is use our experience and our knowledge base and especially our experience in the design to know exactly what pieces of information we need to capture. You know, uh, we have three hoods over in this area, four hoods over in that area, then it all runs outside to a dust collector and fan package, right? So I don't have to scan, you know, their logistics area or their stores or anything like that. I can scan literally the areas of concern to us with the forward thought that if this customer needs any other assistance, it's not that much to go ahead and add additional scans to a previous scan. So if I scan their dust collection system, I cut it out and I can literally show them in 3D, this is your current system. We wanna make X, Y, Z changes and we can mock those changes in at the concept level in a matter of a couple of days. So to answer your question, from a facility owner standpoint, we only go and do scans for what is required for that project, but we're always forward thinking. I mean, we wanna come alongside our customers and help them realize their five and 10 year goals. So if they are starting to tell us about situations that they have in other areas, maybe I position that scanner a little bit differently to make sure that I'm kind of capturing enough detail over there that when they say they wanna you know, pursue something in that area, we have that data already. So that little bit of money you spend on the front end to capture that scan data will pay dividends as you move forward with different processes in different areas. Because it's a picture the scanner as radiating a sphere of points uh, for our particular scanner, it's about 300 feet. But we're getting data at 300 feet. So if I'm just scanning down a processing row for a piece of ductwork, well, I could be getting three or four other processes. I could be getting the structure of the building. I could be getting the piping in the building. It just gives you everything in such a real textured fabric that you can use it for really anything you need to do. Yeah, and that's the point I think I was trying to get across was that it's it's not, I think it's a couple things. It's a design tool so that your team has the highest resolution and you know most accurate information to do the design that you need to do. And it's also a, a, a tool to mock up the solution and sort of a communication tool with the facility owner, maybe to look at different designs or different options. And then at the end of the day, once you install it, then you can even look back at it and say, you know, is this, is this right? Or, you know, see what the, the difference might have been from the, the final design to where the concept stage was as well. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, once you have those concepts in, I mean, we do a study, then we move to concept. When we do concept, we normally do like three concepts, right? I can immediately share that data in real time with the customer's preferred contractors and give budget estimates, magnitude of, you know, costs, 
on each concept to really determine the feasibility, right? So if we make a change A in this concept, we can save X amount of dollars, you know. Over here, this is really what we want to do, but it's just out of the realm of, you know, cost, right? So to that point, we can not only select valid options, we can also set them up in such a way that we can, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Maybe if we change this section over here, we can improve the performance while knowing that we're going to step our way back to the dust collector to basically overhaul the entire system without having to shell out all the money up front to completely redo it, you know, have the process be down for X amount of months or weeks or whatever it happens to be. But really, it gives you that roadmap to, you know, hey, here's where we want to go in the long term. How can we systematically walk through this and get it done? Yeah, that makes sense. And we, we had talked offline a bit about, I mean, there's the whole facility design aspect that we've been talking about, but are you using this at all for hazard assessments or dust hazard assessments or industries that are handling combustible dust? What's the sort of use cases there? As a matter of fact, I was out on site Monday scanning for a hazard assessment for one of our local customers. For those type of assessments, the scan data to me is unmatched. I mean, you can really take a hazard assessment to the next level by literally seeing the equipment, seeing how it's arranged, pointing out everything that needs to be fixed, pointing out the things that are right with the system. Because, you know, a customer knows generally where their gaps are and they don't really get praise on what they're doing right. But this gives you the ability to kind of get that all into one place. I mean, from a hazard assessment standpoint, the only thing you don't get with the 3D scan is the manuals for the equipment, maybe the nameplate data, although in some scans you can actually see the nameplate data. So that helps you there. But past the scan, the only thing you're really lacking is the actual performance measurements. And I think that's a very important thing that needs to be included with hazard assessments is what is this system actually doing as it stands? I mean, we've seen tons of customers who have poor hoods, poor manifolds, dust collector undersized, fan undersized, and we can take the scan and literally show them, this is your system. We can calculate that system based on the actual dimensions, not theoretical dimensions. We literally have the actual uh, dimensions. We can calculate what this system is capable of doing, then compare that to the performance specs of their bag house, the performance specs of the fan, and immediately, immediately identify the gaps in their system. So on the assessment side, it's, giving you that real data, giving you the ability to, to show it in a way that makes sense to your customers so you can easily tell them, hey, this is what we need to fix and here's why. Yeah, and I can even think of some cases, you know, vent placement, things come to mind where if you if you have a deflagration that's vented indoor or outdoor, hopefully it is outdoor if you're listening to this podcast at least, um, but you can start to show, okay, well, this is what would happen in this case. And yeah, there is a, even if it's outdoor, there's an emergency escape route there. So that's not good. Or if it's pointing towards um, the project manager's window, that's that's also not good. Um, and you can, you can get the project manager to raise their eyebrows when they see that and, and, and move the move the vent. But all those can sort of be demonstrated through this use of, of 3D um, scanning. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, vent position, you know, uh, distances to walls, you know, the uh, hazard area around a vessel or something like that all can be identified from a scan. And even the placement of sensors, of spark detection, you might pick up something having this sort of bird's eye view of the facility that maybe that's too far from a piece of equipment or 
maybe another piece of equipment's been added and it's not taking account in the proper way. I think that's a, a really interesting aspect of that. Yeah, I mean, if, if your customer has all their design data, all of their protection systems can be validated through 3D scanning. I mean, to your point, we can capture a tiny, teeny sensor or a pressure sensor or, you know, a rate of rise sensor and know if it's positioned correctly for a particular installation. Compare that to what the uh, vendor, you know, had specified and tell them, hey, you're out of compliance or in compliance. Yeah, it makes sense. What I think the the audience might be interested in what this might look like for setting up the scan, what the equipment looks like if they were if they're an owner and operator and they're thinking about having this done at the facility, if they're a consultant, they're thinking about bringing somebody in to help. Can you kind of walk us through what this setting up process looks like, how much time it needs, what equipment, if any, it needs, you have to shut down the operation, just what what's that whole process look like? Depending on the hazard rating of the process itself, you know, you can easily walk into a facility and get going in a matter of minutes. The setup time for us to get started uh, is basically turning on the scanner, getting it positioned correctly, and running. So each scan normally takes, you know, four to 15 minutes, depending on the level of detail. And you really have to understand, you know, the environment you're in. Is there dust in the air? Is it raining? Is there steam? Because that's going to change, you know, how you have to set up the scanner to capture the data you want. Then on locating the scanner, I mean, it's a line of sight device. So you have to have that forward thought of what what you need to get out of it to know how to position and how to capture data. And so from that point, after you've captured all the data that you need, there's a whole processing scheme that has to be done afterward to really get the scan cloud data. And then from that point, it's really up to the customer on how they want to handle it. Do they want a third party to hold their scans? Do they want to hold their own scans? Uh, how does a plant manager, for instance, want to use this data? Because from our perspective, we're using it for the engineering and the analysis and all that type of thing. But the customer has the ability to take that scan and use it for, you know, facility maintenance purposes, you know, uh, things of that nature. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about, actually. What does what is the outcome or the output of this process? Do they get a, a file that's in a, like a, it's been a while since I've actually touched any graphic design programs, but is it in a specific uh, file format that you can open in standard, maybe AutoCAD or some sort of standard set of design? Like what, what do they get at the end of the day from the scanning process? So you can get a myriad of different things and it's, really up to the customer, right? So at the bare minimum, you're going to get the point cloud. The point cloud can be either hosted on a web server and shared with the customer to where they have access to it, or the customer can actually receive the point cloud and like I said, use it for whatever they need to use it for. So a couple of the file outputs would be, you know, recap type files, Navisworks type files. And if you get to the point where you have a recap file, that goes into all your, you know, design softwares. They can basically all handle that type of file format. But on the customer's end, the Navisworks file is really the most important one because that gives them the ability to use a free viewer from Autodesk and see the point cloud just as we would on the engineering side. So if a customer of mine wants to have their scans, we typically issue them a Navisworks file and allow them to do whatever they need. Yeah, that makes sense. That's an added benefit of, of doing it up front. Like you said, you can use it for preventive maintenance programs, for training would be a good one, for new employee training to, to give them, you know, we're going to go walk the plant, but here's what it actually looks like. Here's what all the equipment looks like. I think that would be 
really valuable. Emergency exits, uh, fire extinguisher placements, all those could be kind of marked on training as well. Yeah, exactly. And that only comes from one you know, scanning event, let's say. I mean, in some cases, some facilities are so small that if you're scanning a process, you naturally pick up the entire building. So to your point, it could be used for training, you know, maintenance. It could be used for, you know, planning on future improvements. Really, it's across the board. There's really, you literally have your plant in digital space. So it doesn't matter if you're at the plant or literally in a foreign country, you have your data and can uh, work with that data from anywhere in the world. And I want to touch on a little point here. I mean, with COVID, right? Customers don't necessarily want outside contractors in their facility. And I've got uh, several customers here that only allow us to come in for short periods of time. So if we've got a, you know, a project with them, we can come in at those given windows and do our scanning to where we can get to a point that we've scanned enough of their facility to not have to go back and run the risk of, you know, interacting with their employees and their process and giving them another layer of risk that they don't need. And with the scanning, I mean, you don't have to scan the entire data set at once. You can do partial scans one day, come back another day and do some more scanning and come back another day and do some more scanning, then put all those scans together to get what you're out to, you know, achieve. Yeah, it makes sense. Do you have any examples that we could walk through of how you've sort of used this in a combustible dust handling facility? Um, any that you, you might have, I'm not sure if you have any that that we could talk through, but that might be instructive for the, the listener. Well, we've done so many, <laughs> it seems like. Uh, for instance, we've got a, a spray tower system that our customer initially wanted an airflow performance study done on. And I told them, you know, for a little bit extra money, we can come in here and scan the entire system. And that's exactly what we did. It's about a 90 story building with a giant atomizer in the center of it. And we literally scanned the entire system so that we could cut it out and gave them basically this whole analysis report, you know, what your airflows uh, should be, what your protection should be, you know, all these various widgets that go into this tower, we were able to identify and show them literally in their facility that you need a sensor here. Here's why. And we locate it in such a way that your maintenance guys can get to it. Taking that geometry of that system, we were able to calculate, you know, what the airflow should be, what, and then compare that to the original design specs. And we actually found out that the system was under-designed on airflow by about 6,000 CFM. So a spray tower process you know, requires temperature and flow to actually make the chemical reaction happen. So if you're not getting that flow, you're not producing a quality product for one. And then two, you're running into all sorts of plugging issues that further reduce your airflow. So basically we've given this customer the ability to get their system back to design performance and increase their production. And when they were doing this in the past, they were producing about 4,000 pounds per hour. And that system was designed for 16,000 pounds per hour. And with the incremental incremental improvements we've been able to do, we've gotten them up to 8,000. And our goal is obviously the 16,000 and that will require one new fan package and all of that was done using a 3D scan, right? So we knew every widget within the system, the geometry of the system. And instead of, you know, back in the day when you would design a system, you know, in 2D, you wouldn't quite get all the geometry exactly right. So your friction calculations might be off a little bit. 
we now have the ability to see what's physically there and tell our customer exactly what needs to happen to be able to, you know, get that system running correctly. Are you are you scanning internal to the spray tower as well or just kind of the outside in the, the structure in the building? We were scanning on the outside only. I mean, we do have the ability to, if we needed that interior data to be able to scan within a, you know, a piece of duct work, a, a vessel, that type of thing. But no, this one was all on the outside. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's a good example for a spray drying piece of equipment. I think we maybe talked about some metalworking facilities or even woodworking. Is there anything like that where you've been using this sort of technology? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you touched on it earlier, manifold design and hood design. And then to couple with that, routing. So we've had several customers in pharmaceuticals and food and wood who have us come out to their facility, look at their system. And I mean, even without a scan, I can tell right away that, you know, your hoods aren't right. Your manifold's not right. You know, this needs to be fixed. That needs to be fixed. And then we couple that with the scanning. So for instance, we had a manifold design at one of our customers' facilities that literally was eating up almost 75% of the static pressure available. So if that little manifold out of the dust collector to the fan is requiring this super high, you know, static pressure requirement, we literally took the scan, showed them what the manifold was and what the static pressure was at a given airflow and compared that to retrofitting that manifold to make it right and properly designed and then showed them one, the horsepower savings, the airflow increase and, you know, all the other benefits that would come along with replacing this system. And to tie that um, into the overall scheme there, they've got a situation to where they're installing a new mixer that they're having us do some custom hoods for. Their performance available at that uh, mixer is minimal at best. So coupling the scan data with revising the manifold and you know getting back that 75% you know, friction loss to increase the airflow, we found out would actually give us enough you know, airflow and static pressure available at where the hoods were going to take a hood design that would be basically minimal to something that's more than adequate and more than acceptable. So it just gives us the benefit to see things in the real world, analyze them as they are, and literally show what they should be and why. And on the analysis side, it's just, we know that the numbers and the values and you know, ultimately equating it to dollars, we can literally see that one, it's feasible, two, it saves us this much in reoccurring costs and horsepower, and we have an added benefit of improved dust collection throughout our system, not only where we're doing modifications. So without that scan data, I mean, it'd all be th- theoretical. We'd be able to say, hey, you're probably here, you know, plus minus 20%. With the scan data, we can tell them it's this and here's why. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, that's a, a, another good example to show how it can be used for ducting, for hoods, and, and for systems that traditionally... <laughs> I'll say have been settled with lower than than 100% effectiveness. You know, you might see a, a hood design and dust collection system that just isn't working at all. Um, this gives you some insight into to why, and then you know the tools to design a better system, the tools to demonstrate a better system, which I, I think are all all quite uh, useful to have. I'll give you another example. We have a food customer who had a dumping process that literally every time they dump this 2,000 pound blob, I'll call it 
there was a cloud of dust that literally blocked out the light. We knew from other analyses that we'd done on that dust collection system that we had adequate airflow to be able to design a hood for it. So we took our scan out there and we made it extremely tight, right? So we made the resolution on the scanner so tight that we had almost better than a 32nd of an inch accuracy. So what that allowed us to do was look at the process, understand the containment requirements versus what is available for airflow. And we literally designed a custom pneumatic hood that would allow for maintenance operations, you know, uh, process operations, and provide adequate dust collection with the available performance that was there without having to change fan speed, without having to redesign the duct and what have you. And literally this is a simple pneumatic hood, barn doors on the top, doors on the front, you can access everything, you can clean everything. And we budgeted two days for install, right? With our scan data, it took us four hours. We literally bored six holes, tapped them, hung our hood and let it run. Yeah, so this is really interesting. We covered quite a bit of background in a, in a short period of time on the C- 3D scanning, how it can be used, what are some of the benefits, how it can maybe integrate into hazard assessment, uh, and some of the uses in combustible dust handling industries. Anything else you want to just leave the, the listener off on before we close out this episode? Well, yes, I do. Uh, we run into a situation quite often where we get you know scopes that are kind of loose or we find things that are a little bit you know, out of the norm. And I'll give you an instance where we were looking at a dust collection system on top of a 120 foot tower. And we scanned the area and we started looking at the uh, structural members and how we're gonna hang the ductwork, how we're gonna make the hoods and things of that nature. And we literally found that our customer had a structural issue with the tower being overloaded. You know, some of the beams were sagging. Some of the columns were, you know, showing signs of buckling. So it not only allowed us to do our work on what we needed to do with the actual system itself, it gave us the ability to really come alongside our customers and say, look, we see this issue. We think it's important enough to bring to your attention and let us help you, you know, rectify the situation before we maybe put, you know, the whole process into jeopardy. And then on the loose scope side, you know, if we scan an area and we show a concept, that really helps everybody stay on the exact same page. I mean, when we have scan data and we're doing a concept model, almost every day we're having meetings with the customer, letting them see the scan, letting them see the model in real life. I mean, the collaborative uh, benefit to this type of approach is immense. I mean, our customers are always involved with our designs. They're always involved with approving the approaches we're taking, you know, having insight on how the maintenance or how maintenance is going to actually maintain what we design. So that collaborative capability that a scan allows you to do on the engineering side, to me, is it's almost more important than the scan data itself. And then uh, one other thing I want to add to this is, you know, for hoods, right? You can design a hood for any situation and it'd be close, you know, we think we're going to get it right. But with the scan data, you know it's right. You can literally put that uh, scan data, the model, into CFD and prove that this hood is going to be right. I mean, set the airflow, set the static pressure, and you're literally looking at this hood controlling the dust and the dust generation zone, and then properly conveying it to the dust collector. It's just having this amount of data is invaluable. I mean, I I remember back in the day using uh, 
pad and paper and, and a tape measure. And if I was lucky, a laser distance meter, I'd go out there for, you know, two or three days, take dimensions. And I'd always be missing that one critical dimension to tie the whole thing back together. But then I'd have to take that, you know, paper sketch and then recreate it in our modeling software, or des design software. Now it is literally scan it, process it, output it, we're into design. I mean, I have some projects where literally we could be scanning at seven, eight in the morning, done by noon, and already be into the design phase, you know, before we go home for the day. Yeah, I like it. And I appreciate you coming through um, on the podcast and talking through this topic. Uh, and I look forward to maybe even getting some more use cases with combustible dust, and we'll get you back on the podcast to talk about those in the future as well. That sounds great, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks, Casey. I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Casey Shockey, President of Chief Engineering based out of the greater Memphis area in Tennessee. We were talking about the use of 3D scanning and processing facilities. So we talked a bit about Casey's background and the work that's done at Chief Engineering. Uh, we talked about 3D scanning and what are some of the benefits, being able to get a, a mock-up of your facility right away, being able then to use that for the design as an accurate representation instead of measuring it out by, by tape and then having to put it into a, a piece of software after that. Um, mocking up designs, getting feedback, getting approval on final designs from clients, aiding in the install, aiding in the checking process to make sure everything's installed correctly and that, that it's uh, you know up to the same design standards. Those are all some benefits of using this type of technology. Um, we talked about how they can be integrated into hazard assessment. And a big thing here is around dust collection systems, proper hood design. As Casey mentioned towards the end there, you can do things like coupling the cloud data that you get from the 3D scan, so your actual structural design with computational fluid dynamics, CFD, and getting an idea of how well that system is going to work right from the outset uh, before you actually go and, and even start attaching bolts and, and connecting things, which is a really big benefit of this. Uh, we talked about some other things around hazard analysis, maybe identifying and showing deficiencies in the system in terms of combustible dust safety, and in case even mentioned one where you could tell about structural safety of, of installing things on a, on a tower and being able to see that through the, the 3D scanning data. So I thought this was quite interesting. It's a new area that I don't know a lot about, but I wanted to make sure to get on the podcast to demonstrate as a, a, another approach, another technique in the tool belt of design engineers and other folks that are working in these processing industries. So I hope you found it interesting as well. If you want to connect with Casey, we'll have his contact information in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 94 and links back through to the chief engineering website and, uh, ways that you can contact with Casey there. And other than that, if you have any questions around this topic, you can ask Casey directly. Again, we'll have his contact information in the show notes, or you can go to dustsafetyscience.com slash ask, A-S-K, and ask them there, and we'll get Casey back on the podcast, talk through those questions as well. So as always, I just want to say I appreciate you listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a, a safe and productive week ahead, and I want to thank you for everything that you're doing in issues handling combustible dust around the world.